Our places, our people. These are our stories. As we continue our series of Our Stories, uh, we are taking you today behind the scenes of uh, one of our local institutions that some of you would be familiar with, some of you may have had first-hand experience with, and many of you may not even know exists. That's exactly why we do this. Our Embrace partner for this year is Sunrise Way, and we are speaking with the CEO, John Griffiths. Good morning to you, John. Morning, Lee. This is, I mean, it's a an extraordinary organisation for a regional community to have something like this, because in a lot of regional communities, drugs and alcohol, just like it has been in our regional community, uh, can be an issue. And unfortunately, many people that get involved in that side of life uh, fall through the cracks. They don't have somewhere that they can go. But thankfully, uh, this organisation, which I believe started in 2014, uh, has changed so many lives. I, I just tell us a little bit about the the history of this, because as I say, we're now getting up close to ten years that Sunrise Way has been in our community. Yeah, correctly. It it, it actually uh, it, it took its first patients uh, nine nine and a half years ago, but in fact, it it took nearly ten years to in the uh, preparation stage. Yes, uh, a couple of genuine families from the community. Uh, Doug Harland was one, and 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 some other people uh, noticed that there was a, a gap, and people were falling on the sides. A number of deaths. Uh, there was no needle exchange from drug use in Toowoomba. Uh, it was just catastrophic. And 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 these, you know, there was two or three really good men who put their hands up and said, "We don't have any affiliation with drug addiction. We don't have any history, but we just want to help the community and try and provide a service." So they found an old building that was belonged to Queensland Health and they asked if they could use it and they went round and knocking on doors and got the involvement of some 600 businesses in Toowoomba to to restore this building and get it ready for use and it, yeah it took nearly 10 years. And that was on the back of the closure of what had been the the centre that had been looking after that Toowoomba Base Hospital but that was nearly I mean it was 15 years or so prior to that 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 had closed and as you say there was no needle exchange here. It is the case isn't it unfortunately that in, in a lot of parts of Australia and, and particularly regional Australia that we do tend to sort of put our heads in the sand a little bit when it comes to the scenario around drugs and alcohol. Oh, look, let's be honest. Um, AOD, which is alcohol and other drugs, it's an unattractive space. Yeah. You know, um, the common misconception of society is just tell them to stop. It's their choice. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, it's not a choice for the most part. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's called an addiction. It is a disorder. Um, it needs to be treated, um, and that's what we try and do at Sunrise Way, sometimes successfully and sometimes not so well. Okay, let's talk about that. Uh, how many people are Sunrise Way having come to their door, uh, and and are they coming voluntarily uh, throughout, a, a say, a standard 12-month year? Yeah, look, it's a six-month program. Um, it's a live-in facility. Um, and yes, all of our residents are there voluntarily. There's no court orders. There's no mandates. 
So we're blessed in a, a, a way that we are trying to help people that really want help. They're willing to give up six months of their life and come and live in not so you know, amazing surroundings. It's not a five-star retreat. You know, the food for the most part is donated or, you know, past use by date, home brand stuff. And, and, you know, sometimes there's two to a room, there's no air conditioning or heating. It's, it's definitely, you know, it is what it is. And they're willing to give up six months of their life because they want to change. So that gets my attention. Yeah. When someone says, I'm willing to do this, this is my buy-in. Well, yeah, they've got my attention and and they really deserve that best that we can offer. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how many people are on your team? How many people are there helping to look after those that do put their hand up and say, right, I need help, I'm yeah. coming? Look, we've probably, uh, we've we've got three full-time counsellors and one of them includes a, a clinical lead. We've got a, a, a another counsellor that comes in and helps us out on, a, on, an, on an ad hoc basis. Um, we've got a, a lot of volunteers that come in, a lot of people that go through the program, come back and volunteer and help us out with some support stuff like driving and staying overnight. We've got at the moment capacity for probably 23 residents. And then we have maybe 10 or 12 in, um, transition houses where they've completed our program and they're back working in the community and they live together for another six month to 12 month period before they, they move back into their, their, their normal lives. Okay. Yeah. So that must be a very difficult part of their journey because that six months of being with you guys would be very intensive and they're there and it's all very safe. Then they move out into those transition houses. The temptations could be back around them, getting away perhaps from those people that had been in their lives before that may have been the bad influence. So I can only imagine that must be that bit of trepidation around that uh, that part of the uh, the journey for them. Yeah, for a long time we didn't do, tra- we did transitions and then we stopped doing transition houses, but I, I see it as an imperative part of the journey. Yep. Like there, there is no return to normal living for a lot of our clients. Once they come to us, like to, once they, when they're ready to leave and they're ready to graduate from that program, we can't return them to, to some environments because it's, it's old spaces, old faces. They yeah. need to start that new way of life around people that are living sober. So the transition houses work really well yeah. and it's uh, we're still uh, heavily involved in their life. They come up and see us a couple of times a week. Um, most of them attend 12-step meetings, either AA or NA. Um, and, you know, they're, they're working in the community. And we're still a part of that next transition of, of their life. And it's stopped the falling off the cliff, which is what we talk about in the industry, where someone graduates a program and you never see them again. Yes. And they return to old environments and we lose them. But this transition is a softer landing and it seems to be working well. Okay. Do many come back? Do many have to restart uh, all over again and, and come back through the front door and say, okay, I, I, I got this far and now here I am again. Uh, does that happen? An enormous amount. Yeah. And that's the heartbreaking, yeah. you know, part of working in this, in this space. It's not like somebody, we're, we're not chiros or physios where someone breaks a leg or a hip replacement and they come in and they do, you know, 12 weeks of intensive therapy. It's a disorder that almost wants to sabotage well living where yeah. the self-worth of the client is so significantly low. The greatest battle we, we, we face as a facility is providing that awareness that you are worthy of, of a good life because for the most part, our clients don't believe they are for whatever reason. And that's 
a message you have to get through to them. But then I can only imagine there's a social stigma that, that sticks around with anybody that has been through, particularly a, a drug addiction uh, or a severe alcohol addiction. Then when it is time to transition into, uh, you know, going back to a life where they can have a job and so forth, there must be difficult too to, to, to get them over that hurdle of the stigma that, that sticks around in society. Yeah, it's interesting. And for the most part, the stigma is, um, is fiction, like uh, I, for the, if somebody presents and when people go for jobs, I absolutely encourage them to put down the fact on their resume, they've been at Sunrise Way for six months and be honest yep. and speak the truth. Yep. I absolutely had a problem with this particular, be it drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be. I had a problem. I went into a residential facility. I dealt with that issue and now I'm back looking for an opportunity. And Toowoomba is an incredible town. I, for the most part, people acknowledge when someone's willing to put that effort in and they're also willing to help them with that second chance. Yeah. So I don't think it's something that people should be ashamed of. In fact, you know, I think it's something that people should be proud of and wear it with a badge of honor. I address this issue. I've worked through it. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the next thing is, is as people are, are listening to this and they're saying, okay, I would like to be able to help in some way. Is there some way that, that those of us in the community can continue to help do the work that you do there at Sunrise Way? Yeah, look, it, it, um, it starts when you're walking down the street at Grand Central and you can see someone who's obviously afflicted by drugs and alcohol. Mm. And just the self-talk when you look at somebody like that, just go, that's heartbreaking that you're making really poor choices. Yeah. Now, you're not going to be able to save those people because for the most part, they don't want help. They're happy in their addiction. And until somebody is unhappy in their addiction, nobody can help them. So we've absolutely, you know, safe boundaries, you know, um, you need to... You know, but by the same token, it's, it's the way we, we, we view it, the way we look at it. And then in a practical point of view, if you want to get involved in Sunrise Way, there's lots of things you can do from coming up and cooking. You can help our resident residents come and prepare resumes. Uh, at the moment we need assistance from somebody to, to come and teach basic admin and computer skills so they can get back into the workforce. And don't be frightened to give somebody a job if they apply. If they're willing to work hard, just treat them like any other person. Yeah. Yeah. As far as funding is concerned, how heavily does the government in any level support your organisation? Yeah, look, we wouldn't be, our doors wouldn't be open without um, both the federal and the state governments. Yeah. And we also get, the residents also pay, like most of our residents are on Centrelink. Yes, and they give up 90% of their Centrelink payments to come to us. Is that right? Absolutely. So they Now, there's up... a fact that I don't think many people would yeah. understand or have any idea yeah. about. So that, I mean, that's a massive commitment then that they're making, not only to walk through that front door and admit they've got a problem, and that's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's had an addiction or any sort of issues uh, is to admit, first of all, I've got a problem and I need help and accept it. But then to say, I will give up 90% of the money that I'm getting yep. to you if you will help me to turn my life around. Yep. That's an extraordinary thing. Yeah, absolutely. Jeez, it is powerful. And, and so, so these guys and girls wow. are, left, are left with about $30 a week to buy personals and, you know, whatever that looks like for them. Good grief. So, yeah. And then we also get government funding on, on top of that. Um, and then we have to, to, to go and it doesn't meet all of our budgetary expenses. We have to go and do some fundraising, yeah. you know, which we're not so good at. Um, again, because, you know, we can hardly have a boozy night and, you know, casino blackjack games to try and raise money. It's not who we are. It's not yeah. what we do. So, 
you know, occasionally we have a breakfast or we'll do a, an, a, an art, you know, an art show or something yes. along those lines. But, you know, we, we have the support we receive from the community, people just ringing up wanting to make some donations that, that keeps our doors open. Fantastic. And when I say our doors are open is if somebody rang us this morning and said, I have a family member or I am struggling with alcohol and drugs and I need help and I want to stop. Yes. We can have them in our facility tomorrow. Okay. And there's not many places in Queensland that that you can No, say, because you know? that was somewhere where I was about to go is, yeah. you know, do you have a waiting list? I mean, because many of these facilities uh, in other parts of the country, particularly in major cities, uh, you can ring up today, but then the, the answer is, well, unfortunately, we don't have any room here at the moment, so you can try another facility down or you can try the hospital or whatever, and then eventually we might be able to get you in down the track. So you can facilitate somebody the next day. Yeah. Absolutely. That's and, incredible. And we just make it happen. Um, whether we end up putting, you know, two to a room or whatever that yes. looks like. We live by the ethos that our doors are wide open. Yep. If somebody puts up their hand for help, we have an obligation to, to grab that and offer it to them. By the same token, our corridors are quite narrow. Once you come into our facility, um, it's very much, we're not a bed and breakfast. We're not a hostel. Uh, we're not a holiday camp is there's work to be done and there's processes that you need to, to start to unfold to look at some of your behaviours as to why you ended up where you ended up and the choices that you made. Yep. And you need to do that work to, to stay with So us. the residents can contribute to the, the daily uh, chores and things that need to be done in order to keep things happening there. Yeah, daily chores, but it's probably when I meant work, I apologise, I meant that self on their work. On their self. Yeah. So, and so where does that start? I mean, we, we talk, you know, they get up in the morning, they have, is it, is it a, a regimented process? Yeah, everybody absolutely. gets up, everybody has breakfast at the same time, yep. everybody's in in a you know a, a group session or an individual session at a certain time and so forth that's happening uh, to give them some regimen. Yeah, absolutely. We have a, a real structure on the facility because one of the things that we find with people that are in addiction, their lives are extremely unmanageable. Yeah, and they want to be in control, and, and it's they, just and, out of control. Yeah, I mean, they want to call the shots and yep. they want to determine what they want to do. So when you come to us, it's like you know what you your first stage of surrender is I'm going to submit to the program that you guys run. And that is out of bed at 6.30, um, breakfast at 7. We do a meeting in the morning at 7.30 where they'll go around and, you know, people will check in with how they're doing and then they'll do chores for an hour. Then they'll do a group therapy and then they, you know, have a, a morning tea. Um, there might be a fit for life activity. Activity. We have some outside people come in, like you mentioned, Momentum Health earlier. They yeah. came in and offer us professional services. Okay. Um, and then they see a counsellor once a week. They go off to a meeting, a 12-step meeting most nights. It's a pretty busy routine. Right. Yeah. So it keeps them active and it keeps their, their mind on other things uh, to allow them that six months to really start to separate from the life they were living. Yeah, absolutely. That's magnificent, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, and of course, you know, uh, at the end of the day, people can... Just donate as well. I mean, uh, you know, I'd, I'd assume that there would be an opportunity for people to be able to donate if they can uh, to help these programs to continue. Yeah, look, I, I'm probably one of the few not-for-profits that's not putting my hand up for for donations of money. What I really would like is engagement of the community. Yep. You know, um, come up and be willing to spend some time with our residents, offer them some service. We've got a lawn mowing business, a social enterprise. Yeah. Um, and we've also got a coffee cart that we go around and we do events. Like we, 
one of the ways we believe is that, you know, you, you have to earn your recovery. So all of our residents go out and participate in mowing lawns a couple of times a week. Wow. Ring up Sunrise Way and say, hey, come and mow my lawn. We charge anywhere from 25 to $55 for the average lawn, including edges and, you know, blowing a few leaves away. And, you know, staff will come out with the residents and we're teaching them a work ethic and they get to pay for their, their own. They get to contribute to their, their costs and recovery. So, yeah, get us to mow your lawn once a fortnight. That's, that's the way that, That's the way we want people to give to us. I, I didn't even know about that. So there you go. I knew about the coffee cup, but I didn't know about the, the lawn mowing business. Yeah. So there you go. And just goes to show you, this is exactly why we have these conversations to find out about it because you've, you may have driven past it. You may have heard us talk about it before. You may see on social media, uh, you know, a, a little event or something around Sunrise Way, but you may not have known the story of what's going on behind the scenes there and the incredible work that these people are doing. Uh, John, uh, thank you very much for sort of taking us behind the scenes a little bit uh, with your organisation and we really do appreciate the work that you and your team do for our community because it's such an important thing to have this opportunity for people to be able to bring themselves back uh, from uh, a life that they're not happy with and that they're not contributing to uh, society with and, and give them some self-worth and that's exactly what it sounds like you're doing there. It's an extraordinary organisation. Sunrise Way, Rebuilding Lives, the Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation Centre right here in the Garden City. Uh, look them up online and uh, contact them and as you just heard there, some opportunities uh, to help not only just sending a, a you know a dollar donation but actually giving somebody some real life experience and I think that is just extraordinary what you're doing so thank you for telling us a little bit more about it and we're very proud to be Embrace Partners with Sunrise Way uh, throughout these next 12 months Thanks Leo, appreciate it